With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA draft deadline has come and gone. Bryce Sensabaugh is a pro, and the Big Ten looks, dare I say, good, Justin? After seeing, uh, after seeing all who came back last week, the Big Ten is smiling as a conference. They're getting a lot of good, talented players back, and we're going to jump into that here and more shortly but thank you for joining us for episode 77 of Bucketheads. my name is connor lamont my co-host is justin golba it is june and we are two months out from the national championship game uh, but still probably four months away justin from basketball like the preseason practices all that stuff actually you know kicking back up again and getting serious connor i have to ask you um as a cardinals fan are you terrified of the Cincinnati Reds and what they might become? Dude, as as a fan of the worst team in the National League, I'm afraid of every single team right now. Ellie De La Cruz is officially in Cincinnati. Yeah, as of, what's today, Tuesday? As of, yeah, as of a couple hours ago, Ellie De La Cruz is up. I'll have to, since you said that about baseball, I have to say something kind of funny, but also it's, it's my pain. I was in Pittsburgh this weekend for the Cardinals Pirates series and they they were swept by the Pirates for the first time in 41 years and as I was walking down the Allegheny River there I was thinking about diving in head first because that's how I felt after being swept by the Pirates but I didn't um, there is a woman with a broom and dustpan who ran up to me and started sweeping at my feet on the sidewalk. <laughs> and she followed me like for about 15, 20 feet. And she said, how is that? How does that feel? Excuse me, let me get that for you. And she's like sweeping in front of my feet 
And all these people on the sidewalk are just like laughing their asses off. And I'm just like looking forward, not even acknowledging her, but it's so hard because she's literally like brushing my shoe. And that was like the closest I've felt since I was like bullied in like middle school. I was like, this is absolutely humiliating. And that is how my weekend was uh, in, in Pittsburgh. I couldn't believe the audacity of this Karen that just did that to me. Yeah, most people's when they spend the weekend in Pittsburgh, it ends up being humiliating, embarrassing because of the city itself. But um, yeah, you're a better man than me because I would have just hopped in the Allegheny River and called it a day. So like, I understand what, what pain feels like. I, we've gone over the teams I root for on this podcast before, and it's just been pain on top of pain. But uh, actually, I actually think the Reds me, might have some future, so that's nice. We won't pay anybody, that, and that's the problem. Still, That just made me think, like, I don't know how big of a deal it is, but like, could you? Would you do that to like if the shoes were flipped? I'm just curious because I would not do that if the shoes. Hell were flipped, no! I don't have that. I'm I'm not that confident in my fighting ability. Right. If the shoes were flipped and you're like you're celebrating and you see an opposing fan walking down the sidewalk like pissed off, you don't know who they are. You don't know if they've had any drinks. I didn't have any drinks. I was like stone sober and just upset at my team. Like, would you physically approach somebody and do that? Like, I could have easily just. You know, I wasn't going to do anything, but like if it was somebody under the influence of like alcohol after a bunch of drinks, like somebody could have seriously hurt that lady. Like if they were pissed off enough, you could have like they could have just shoved her into the river or beat her ass. Honestly, like I would not have done that. But I was like, holy cow, the audacity of this lady to like run up to a stranger and do this. I was like, holy cow. You don't know what's going to happen if you mess with the wrong person after their team gets, you know, clobbered like the the Cardinals did this weekend. The only, honestly, the only time I ever saw true, like, ballsy, audacity fans, and this is kind of crazy because it was a home game, was this year leaving the Ohio State-Michigan game, which I attended. Um, Michigan fans were feeling themselves, which was crazy because, again, very much outnumbered. Um but even Ohio State fans, they were just too kind of depressed to even fight. So they were just kind of like, whatever. There was also that sense of like, we'll give you this. You know, it's been 20 years that we've given shit. So, you know, whatever. But when I walk, I just look down at this sidewalk and count the cracks in the sidewalk. So I don't really talk to anybody or look at anybody because I'm afraid they might look at me wrong and kill me. Yeah, I mean... I will people say scare, people to, scare me in general. People scare me to a pretty. You don't know anybody. You don't know what somebody's gonna do. I will say though, PNC. If you you probably have. You're not far from Pittsburgh. You've probably been to PNC for a baseball game. You right? think, okay. but no. Most beautiful ballpark in all of. Oh, baseball. I want to go it's, so bad. Of course, I'm a Reds fan. It's also never been to Great American. So yeah. Come on now, Great American's pretty. P, uh, PNC in Pittsburgh is absolutely gorgeous, and I will say, of like the five or six times that I've seen the Cardinals play there. That was the most aggressive, mean fan I've ever dealt with. And even that was like, that kind of heckling was like playful. It pissed me off, but like she wasn't cussing at me. It's like objectively kind of funny, but like, oh, if the shoes were full, for you at at that moment, it's not funny. For everybody else thinking about it, it's kind of funny. And it's like, like you said, it's, it's harmless, you know? If I was one of the dozens Pirates fans that were on the sidewalk and I saw some like the I was like the only Cardinals fan within like a half mile stretch of sidewalk. Uh, it was after they lost Friday and Saturday. I think all the Cardinals fans said, fuck this. I'm not going to the Sunday game. There was like no Cardinals fans there on Sunday. If I was one of the Pirates fans in the sidewalk and saw that happen to a Cardinals fan, 
I would have been laughing. I, I would have been laughing because it would have been funny. Like that was pretty harmless. It hurt my feelings and I was pissed off, but it was pretty harmless. I've never been seriously harassed by a Pirates fan in Pittsburgh. Uh, the vibes at Pirates games have always been like, they feel different to me than when I've seen the Cardinals play in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati fans, like it feels like they go into Great American Ballpark already angry at ownership. Like this team yeah, sucks. This team sucks. Why am I here? Uh, I shouldn't be wasting my time here. Like there's not really any hope. It seems like from Reds fans when I'm at those games. Pirates fans act my like people. hopeless. Pirates fans act like, hey, we could win the World Series this year. Why not us? Like they're like they're blissfully yeah. unaware. They always have fun. Like I've had a good time. At, I don't have a bad time in Pittsburgh. I always have a good time in Pittsburgh, but most people in Ohio do not share that sentiment. Irish <laughs> fans have kind of a Browns fans mindset to them. It's been so bad for so long that whatever. But anyway, all right. Well, that was – I didn't mean to spend seven minutes on that, but I just thought that I, I would ask you if you would do that to an opposing fan because I thought that was just so incredibly bold of her to do that. So It's one of those things where I wish I would, and I might tell you I would, but I wouldn't. Like oh yeah, I'd, I'd do that. Huh. No, I wouldn't. We'll, we'll we'll scoot off of baseball, even though you know I'm I'm equally, if not more so, in baseball mode right now that I am in college hoops. I'm at oh. best fifty fifty. It is um, June. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's June. But the NBA the NBA draft deadline was this past week, right? So any any players that declared in the past month and a half, two months, uh, they had until um, was it May? It was May thirty first or June first to stay in or get out as, as pretty much everybody's been saying for months now, pretty much since like December, honestly, um, Bryce sense is in the NBA draft. He's done at Ohio state. He is going to be a first round pick to somebody probably between picks like 15 and 30 question mark, which means he'll probably go to a good team, but he's, he's gone. He's out the door, but a lot of uh, really good players in the big 10 that could have stayed in the draft and maybe been like a second round pick. A lot of those guys came back, which is which is good for the conference for next year. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think there was a single surprising person to me. I think everybody did exactly what I thought they'd do. Maybe Chase Aldige staying in the draft was a little surprising, but um, he's also pretty old. This would this would have been like his sixth year at Northwestern. So, um, you know, I think at some point you just got to kind of move on. I, yeah, I don't know. I you know a lot of great players are back. Illinois, the objective winners of this, getting Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins back. Uh, Terrence Shannon, I, they just need him. There's just no other way to word that they need him. They probably jumped from seventh or eighth to third in my Big Ten power rankings. So objectively, had a had a great offseason and, and um, brought. I mean, they brought back what they needed to. So. A lot of their – we'll get into some rankings a little bit later. A lot of their just success is going to depend on how how much their guards, you know, the Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris of the world evolve. But, um, you know, Zach Eady coming back was a – that was known. I mean, he's just – it just doesn't make sense for him to go to the NBA, especially if Purdue maybe like – let's say they were losing four to five starters or something. They might stink next year. All right, yeah, take off, whatever. Purdue with him is objectively a top five team in the country. So run it back. Don't leave your college legacy on the hands of Fairleigh Dickinson and try to actually do something this year. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody really surprised me that much. Obviously, we knew Sensabaugh was gone as much as we wanted it back. But, um, I mean, never going to fault somebody that's probably 
him not playing in the combo or in the seven. He didn't play in the seven on sevens, right? Or the five on fives? Seven on seven. Jesus. No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't play he didn't, in the five. Yeah, he, he, he didn't play in the five on fives, which is kind of normally that's a good sign that he has some type of late first round guarantee. So I think at this rate, it's pretty safe to say that he's going in the first round. And uh, congrats to him, man. That'd be cool. The Lakers pick at like twenty three. I think that's a really really good fit for him. I think. The last several years, you know, like you said, you weren't surprised that anybody did what they did. It's not that like how, – how do I put this? There seems to be every year at least a few players that do stay in the draft that you look at and you say like, uh, I mean, maybe there could be like a late second-round pick. Like maybe they yeah. sneak – maybe maybe they sneak into the draft, into the back end perhaps, but like – uh, they probably could have gone back to college and either upped their draft stock or the more cynical is like they could have gone back to college because regardless of what they do, they're not going to get drafted anyways. So you might as well like play it out. Um, this year, all those guys that could have been like back end of the second round, like they came back. I think I saw in like Sam Vicini's mock draft <clears throat> about a month ago, I think he had like Zach Eady going at like pick 48 or 49 and if like if that's the case man and you're Zach Eady and you're the national player of the year I don't know I don't know all the exact numbers but could he make more money through NIL deals locally in Indiana and national deals through NIL than he would as the 48th pick in the draft that goes to the G League probably (laughs) yeah and I think it also comes down to I think you're right there's always like the the Coleman Hawkins, like somebody like a Coleman Hawkins, who's probably like a mid to late second rounder, does seem to always stay in the draft. But uh, yeah, all those guys came back this year, and I think it's like you said, it's good for the league. I mean, it's not great for Ohio State because all they did was lose a player. But um, I don't think I don't. It, it outside of Illinois, I wouldn't say it changed my opinion of too many teams too heavily. Um, mainly because my opinion has always been that these guys would come back. I wasn't sure about Terrence Shannon. I was leaning that he was going to come back, but I wasn't positive. If he stayed in the draft, I wouldn't have been surprised. So that was a that was a big one for Illinois to me. That was kind of the only the only one where when we were pushing up against the deadline, where I was kind of like, okay, actively actively like paying attention to like, okay, has Darren Shannon said anything yet? And this is kind of why we're, we're this is a little hypocritical because we're basically going to do it today. But this is why, as soon as the season ends and like within a week, you have like Andy Katz and like. Um, all these different college basketball guys. I wish I could name more than just Andy Katz off the top of my head because it looks like I'm singling him out, but I kind of am. Um, that are like, here's my way too early Big Ten rankings, or here's my way too early yeah. top 25 for next year. It's like, dude, there are so many players that, like you said, a Terrence Shannon who is good enough to be like a first team All American in my in my opinion. I think he's that good. Like you have players yeah, like sure. that that are that are hanging in the balance. So like, why are you even trying to put together? rankings and power rankings and uh bracketology for next year when like a huge chunk of talent is hanging in the balance that could change so much so a little a little hypocritical because we're kind of going to do it today but we're doing it after the draft deadline is done and we know right yeah we have we have actually what are pretty much outside of a couple guys finalized rosters imagine trying to predict like where indiana would be in march with what their team is now you know what i mean like it's a complete overall so that's where that's where you just kind of like eh, it might be way too way way too early to do that. Just in the era of the transfer portal, it just, that just doesn't make any sense. And this was the first. This was the Look first time. This is the first time that they might add Grant Nelson. Like 
That's huge. Let's hope they do and not Alabama because I don't want to see him. Exactly. Yeah, like there are still a few pieces, but like I don't think that any of the best players in the transfer portal are going to end up at Big Ten schools, except Rutgers has some open spots, but I'm not sure if Rutgers is really attracting. Rutgers right now is – the only thing that's attracting about Rutgers is the, is the Steve Peichel aspect. The only thing I did see, I just want to point out, because I literally saw it five minutes ago, apparently Michigan is back in the hunt for Olivier Nakamo. I don't know how to say his name, the Tennessee player. Apparently, according to Joe Tipton this morning, Tuesday, June 6th, Michigan was out of that race. It was just Tennessee and West Virginia. Now, according to Joe Tipton at 4.30 on June 6th, Michigan is back in that race. I kind of wish we'd stop doing the, he's down to this many schools. He's doing, and just tell us who they go to when they go to it. But that's not the world we live in. So so maybe Michigan gets him. I still think he goes to Baylor, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know if adding uh, like a 9 to 10 point per game score from Tennessee, I'm not sure if that's going to make me well, think. It, it, would, it would probably just change Michigan because right now, as we'll get into later, Michigan is not in a good spot. It's just uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to talk shit about Michigan because people always chalk it up to like, well, Ohio State podcast talking shit about Michigan. But like, Michigan objectively had a bad all season. I don't think anybody. Dude, Michigan's that. great for content. True, not true. Their whole situation, like their whole off season, has been fantastic for content. Honestly, the last two, almost the entire Juwan Howard time has been great for content. Um, but yeah, we can do. We'll start at the top because we don't want to lag onto the. We don't want to start bad and go good. Um, I did mine one through fourteen. This is the first time that I have looked at rosters who's who's been added who's back now that we have more of a clear picture this is really the first time that i've looked to say like okay like what do we have here so i did like one through 14 i know you might have like grouped them together i kind of just did kind of a combination of both <laughs> so, so so do you think that purdue is needs to be the, the favorite to win the big 10 now or past the nba deadline so maybe that's where <clears throat> that maybe that's where I share an unpopular opinion. No, Purdue's not my favorite to win. I am very, 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 very big on uh, Michigan State. So what? I guess what changes? Let me look at the Big Ten stage from last year. What changes in Purdue and Michigan State from a, a Purdue team that won the Big Ten last year? What is what? What's the change that you're like? Never mind. I think that Michigan State wins at this time. Jade Nakins. I think Jade Nakins is going to take a huge jump this year. Uh, into like first team all Big Ten type category. I just I saw those glimpses last those kind of flashes last year. Um, I guess that was a big. I guess when you're looking at guys who came back, I mean Jay Nickens was one of them. I expect him to come back, so it's not a huge deal. I also think AJ Hogard is going to play with a little more of a purpose. I think last year his talent showed, but there was times. I think the Ohio State conference tournament game was a perfect example. There's just times it looked like he wasn't as in tune with what was going on as like kind of locked in as he should be. I think one another offseason will probably help change that. And then you have Tyson Walker. It's objectively the best three guards in the country, in, not in the country, maybe in the country, but in the Big Ten. Um, I'm not confident in Purdue that Foster or Fletcher Lawyer, and we're talking about Michigan State, that Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith will take the jump that I think they need to take in order for Purdue to kind of stay where they are. Um, I think – Towards the end of the season, we saw – I'm not going to say the, the the formula for stopping Zach Eady because that's not what we saw. But we did see teams get a little more comfortable making other guys beat them. And that was where, like, Fairleigh Dickinson came into play. And they just simply didn't 
So I like Braden Smith. I like Fletcher Lawyer, but I don't think they're like top 10 guards in the, in the, in the conference. Maybe even, I think I can name 10 better. Um, I think I can name three better on Michigan state's team. And then you just look at their recruiting class coming in. I think Xavier Booker is a day one starter. Cohen Carr. I do need to see more than the athleticism, but the athleticism is insane. And, um, uh, Jeremy Fears looks like he could probably be, if not for the three guys in front of him, a starting guard day one too. So I, I just really like Michigan State. I, I, I like good guards, and they have a lot of good guards. The only thing they're really losing is Joey Hauser, which I do think is a is a, is a, is a hit. I think Joey Hauser was a great player for them, but uh, I think what they have coming in, plus the jumps that I expect their current guys to take, an interesting one will be the center position because it was clearly their fault last year. They didn't really share it up at all. They just have the same. They have the same guys coming back. They need to take it like Maddie Sissoko needs to be better. Jackson Kohler needs to be better. Uh, but as long as they are, I think Michigan State is a top three team in the country. So I mean, okay, so we, we both have Purdue and Michigan State one. And two I'm kind of splitting hairs because I think Michigan State's three in the country. I think Purdue's four. So I'm not saying like I think Purdue's going to take a massive step down. I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue won the conference and Michigan State went further in the tournament. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't surprise me at all either. But I it just Purdue was just so they were so dominant last year for the entire Big Ten schedule. Um, there's not there isn't a formula to beat Zach Eady. like you said. There, like maybe you can look at Purdue's losses and say like if we can make the other guys uncomfortable and they can miss shots. Well, then if they all miss shots, then we might be able to beat Purdue. Um, that's kind of what happened with the Fairleigh Dickinson you know, problem in the, in the tournament, but like, there's, there's no way to stop Zach Eady. Um, Zach Eady, the national player of the year coming back after losing to a 16 seed and getting to sit around all summer long and hear about that. I, I just, and, and they bring everybody back, but I think Brandon Newman, who was like fine. Sometimes he started, sometimes he came off the bench. Purdue, their backcourt was freshman last year and exceeded expectations. I think they'll get a little bit better. Um, I, I do think Michigan State is going to be very good because some of those guys that you said that were freshmen and sophomores, sophomores and juniors that are going to get, I think, better with another year of experience. But um, Zach Eady is too good. And the plot, the whole blues into a 16 seed, and then they get to sit around all summer and think about that. Um, I think they're going to be even tougher than last year, but Michigan state's going to be good too. And, you know, Xavier Booker could be Xavier Booker probably will be a one and done player. He probably will only be at Michigan state for one year. That's how good he is. Yeah. And I think he's probably, like I said, probably not just good enough to be a day one starter. He probably is a day one starter for them because they're a little bit just slimmer on, on forwards and guards, but also just a quick update in the Oliver Nakam who uh, story, apparently Andrew Slater just tweeted, he quote tweeted uh, Joe Tipton who said Michigan was back in consideration and said more than consideration, amigo. So I guess that means Andrew Slater tends to be incredibly locked in on these things. So I guess that means he's going to Michigan. So that'd is, be big. Is the the bag is talking? <laughs> Somebody's talking. Is the the bag is talking already? Um, at thirty five minutes like, a game is probably. I, I would need to look at how to spell his last name. Is it like Kamwa? Is it pronounced yeah. Kamwa? It's N K A M H A U A. So you could tell me seven different things, and I'd probably say. I, sure. I feel like it's, I feel like it's Kamwa, but I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it. Just a silent N. I think we both. Sense. I think we both think that Illinois is going to be very good this year. I have Illinois third here. I could maybe slide them down. I need a point guard. 
I can maybe slide them down to four or five, but I have Illinois third. Um, I think three through eight. You could probably give me, and that's always the way in the Big Ten, isn't it? But three through eight, maybe nine, depending on records, you could give me any type of order, and I'd be like, all right. <laughs> Coleman, Coleman Hawkins is a menace. He is a really, really good player, a really, really frustrating player to play against. Um, I thought Terrence Shannon Jr., that was my pick last year to be Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, so that's that's how highly I think of Terrence Shannon Jr. And Illinois had a few young players who played pretty well as freshmen that we both saw and were like, oh, that's a, that's a problem. How does Illinois have these guys plus these freshmen here? That Yeah, sincere Harris, uh, 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 some people are saying the most the best athlete out of St. Vincent, St. Mary since LeBron. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody that's listening to this understood that joke. Anyway, um, he is a very good player. So I, if he can take a jump and just be more of like – they kind of brought him in last year as like that, like a battery plug. Like let's play some great defense, show some energy. He a, if he can he actually turn, very, he is a great defender. He is phenomenal defender. If he can turn to any type of offensive guy, I think they're going to be really good. I think one of the questions for them is, do they rely on one of those guys to take the jump as the point guard, or do they just kind of give the keys to Terrence Shannon, let him run the point? Also, Dane Danger. I think Dane Danger was a very interesting player last year. Um, I am checking just to make sure he didn't transfer. I do not believe he did. He just always got checked. Um, oh, he's a transfer from Baylor. Actually, did not know that. Um, yeah, but he's so he'll be at Illinois next year. I think he's an interesting complement to Coleman Hawkins. Let's Hawkins kind of play off, kind of play the stretch four a little more. Um, I think he had some really good moments last year. So I do, I do really like Illinois. Like I said, they nobody really had a better offseason than them, just in terms of getting back guys. They had it was like the opposite of Kentucky. Everybody Kentucky had to get back. They didn't. Everybody Illinois had to get back. They did. So, um, also, Ohio State Hoops just tweeted back to work, and it's the guys practicing. So, and Zed Key oh. looks, he looks even slimmer again. Anyway, um, so cool. So, what was I saying? Dane Danger. So, I think Dane Danger is going to be a pretty important guy for them. And I think that, yeah, I'd have Illinois at three as well right now. And then, do you have, uh, the next team that I have right below Illinois, I know you probably have Maryland here. You have Maryland like right there in the top four. I have Ohio State. <laughs> you have Ohio State. Okay, I have Maryland up there. Which I don't think is crazy. I, I know it's kind of crazy that like <sighs> the Big Ten's gonna be good. I think the Big Ten's gonna be good. It is, I agree. And that's why it's even crazier to put Ohio State at four when they just got thirteenth in a bad Big Ten. And I do agree with there's a lot of people that are like what is all this hype for? They're bringing back the same team plus Jameson Battle and losing suing and sensible. And I do understand that. I think it's just because, first of all, I'm higher on Dale Bonner than I think a lot of people are, which is kind of crazy to say because he's the backup point guard. But I do think he will provide a, something that they didn't have last year in terms of just off the bench, reliable guy to handle the ball. He's a fun, he's a phenomenal defender. Before he got to Baylor, he averaged 18 points a game at Fairview State, so or Fair Point State, Fairview Point wherever he was before Baylor. So he can still score the ball. It's just that's, that wasn't his role at Baylor. Um, and then that brings me to my next point. If he knows his role, he plays within this role very well. So I like him a lot. And I do, I truly think Bruce Thorne and Roddy Gale are just going to take those steps. And I'm not, I think people have just forgotten that Zed Key is a good player. I know that that sounds like insane to say. And honestly, there's probably some people that don't think Zed Key is a good player because I've seen them say it on Twitter, which is fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I highly disagree. But that's fine. Whatever. Um, 
But I, I think Zed Key is legitimately going to be an all-conference type player next year, and I think that that's going to propel this team to fourth. I, I could definitely switch Maryland here. I think Maryland's going to be very good. I hate the fact for them they lost to Keem Hart. I think Akeem yeah. Hart was kind of a guy that made them go last year, and them losing him, and it's weird they lost him because he just went to Villanova, who I think Villanova is going to be very, 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 very good next year, like top 10 in the country good. But it's like Maryland's also going to be really good. You had your starting spot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get it's always like grass always green on the other side, whatever. But, you know, if Jay Wright was there, I'd maybe get it a little more. But So do you have – so do you have Maryland and Ohio State there like four or five in some order? You have Ohio That's State. Kind of, when, I, when I said when I said like I kind of tiered and ranked, I have Maryland Ohio State basically at four A four B. Okay. <laughs> over Ohio I, State four A, Maryland four B. I put Maryland four, Ohio State five. So so far we have yeah. Purdue, Michigan State at the top in some order. Illinois we have at the three. Same top five. Maryland and Ohio State. I have Ohio State five. Maryland. But I would say yeah. I would say my tier one is like Purdue, Michigan State. Tier two is like Illinois, Maryland, Ohio State, and then a couple other teams. But yeah. Maryland to me looks like um, like they they could be a a Sweet Sixteen kind of team like yeah with that top three maybe like, better Jameer Young right like some of the the new arrivals like the guys that the the freshmen um, I think they have a freshman that Ohio State was going after that they got in late I think his name's Jamie Kaiser let me double check that yes he's a Maryland um, guy he's been known in that area for a good amount of time. Like, I don't know, you know, they had Jordan Geronimo from Indiana, who is solid. Like, we don't know. I don't know as much about the freshmen to know, like, how good are the complementary pieces around their big three. But I know that Jameer Young's an amazing player, like first team, all Big Ten kind of player, potentially. Dante Scott, I feel like his numbers dropped off a bit last year, but two they, seasons he needs ago. To, he has to be better than he was last year. Last year, towards the end of the season, you would argue he was a liability. Like, not only was he bad, like. He was hurting the team. He needs to be better this year, but I do think he will be because I think that's why he came back. He knew that he struggled, and he wants to prove like, himself. What was more. his junior year? What was his junior stats? Because he's basically he's, he's a fifteen and ten guy. He's like a he's like a six foot seven. Yeah, he's a six seven, two hundred and thirty pound guy who can sit out on the perimeter and shoot threes. As a junior, he hit threes. Let me look at this again. Oh no, it was his sophomore year when he yeah, averaged. He, has, he is a junior, so yeah. Well, he'll be a fifth-year senior this year. So as a, as a sophomore, he shot 44% from three. Maybe that's an outlier but because the other years he never shot higher than 31%. But, man, his sophomore year, he knocked down he, – he hit 44% of his threes as a sophomore. And he's like, if that's an outlier, miles. that's a hell of an outlier. <laughs> like he's, he, he has scored double digits the last three years. Like good player, big guy, hangs out in the perimeter. Jameer Young, really, really good point guard. Julian Reese, I didn't know much about him before last season, but I, I'm very aware of him now. Um, he's a very good player that will get better. Um, I'm such an idiot. I didn't know to like maybe probably when they were in the Final Four that Angel Reese was Julian Reese's sister. Yeah. And she went to Maryland. Like it just makes sense that they're mm-hmm. brother and sister, but I never made the connection. He'll be, he'll be that. He'll be another one of like the Jane Akins, the Roddy Gales of the world to where they go from like, a valuable kind of role player to like an all conference type player. And Ohio state's got to me, Ohio state has, I think that Ohio state will be feisty enough to like maybe finish second or third in the big 10, but there are just too many question marks that need to be answered to satisfy me to think that they're actually like a threat to win the big 10. 
Because right now, I don't consider Ohio State a threat to win the Big Ten. No, um, I don't consider anybody but Purdue, Michigan State. Yeah, maybe Illinois if it all comes together, but probably not even them. Maybe I, there's just there's too many questions about Ohio State. I need to see what the coaching staff gets out of Jamison Battle. Some of these transfers, yeah. the last few years, the coaching staff has not gotten the maximum out of these transfers, these upperclassmen transfers that they thought they would. I need to see what Jamison Battle actually does. Um, yeah, and that's I probably a good see, point because I, I want to see I am, what Roddy does. I need James Battle to pretty much be a first team all conference type player as well. I just think that he will be. So that's why I'm kind of putting that into that account. But if he struggles at all, they're in trouble. I I agree with that. Ohio yeah. State, like honestly, I don't think they'll miss the tournament again. I really don't. I don't think their boom bust potential is that high. But if they were you could convince me they're anything from a three to a four seed in the tournament to a bubble team. Yeah. I agree. I think that yeah, I agree. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks, questions that need to be answered that I need to see with my own two eyeballs. I need to see Roddy Gale. I need to see Roddy Gale be a more consistent scorer. I need to see Jameson Battle, like you right. said, be a be a consistent <laughs> 12, 13 points per game kind of guy before I'm like, okay, you know, I, I think that Ohio State's feisty and they could uh, they could swing up and uh, finish in the top two or three in the Big Ten. They could get that high, but I don't think that they're a threat to like Purdue or Michigan State. So somewhere in the in the middle of the Big Ten there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is when it gets a little murky for me. Maybe below those five. Um... I have like Indiana Northwestern next. Uh, so this is where I think we maybe disagree a little bit. I have Wisconsin at six. Um, I just I think I think Wisconsin kind of answered the questions they had to answer. They also got pretty lucky in terms of bringing guys back. Um, just because I I really didn't think there was any chance Tyler Wall came back, and he is. So it's really the only one, but that's still big. Uh, they lost Jordan Davis, but I don't really think like he's that. He big wasn't of a beast. really. A, 
he wasn't really a difference maker. No, no. bringing AJ Store, I think, was huge from St. John's. He's kind of a guy that could really turn into a difference maker. And they're just a, a team that they're just kind of bringing everybody back. So you bring back Chucky to run the offense for the third season now. He's going to be a little way more comfortable. Connor Seijin is another guy that you kind of look at to take that freshman to sophomore jump. Even though as a freshman, he was really good. I think Stephen Crowell's a little underrated uh, because he doesn't like put up huge numbers, but he affects games in a pretty big way, kind of in a Felix like kind of what we want Felix Akpar to turn into. And Max Klesmet, um, he can hoop. So I, I don't know. Carter, Kamari McGee might needs to, probably needs to take a, another step. They need to sure up their depth a little bit. But um, they brought in a decent recruiting class. I think Wisconsin could be. Again, it's it's kind of splitting hairs with like the six, seven, eight because I agree. Northwestern, Indiana, Indiana's probably more talented. I just I I need to see Indiana play. I don't get Indiana. <laughs> I don't understand Indiana. I don't know who plays. I know. I think they're just putting a little more faith in Trey Galloway than I have in Trey Galloway, which is fine. I think he's a good player. That he, he could be a very good player, but like. You look at who they brought in. Peyton Sparks, big man. Anthony Walker, big man. Mackenzie Mbako, even though he's a top 10 player, big man. Khalil Ware, big man. They're bringing in Gabe Cups, but I don't think Gabe Cups is a day one starter. I think he's a starter down the road. You lose Trace Jackson Davis, you lose Miller Cop, you lose Race Thompson, and you lose Jalen Hushafino. That's a lot, of, that's a lot man. You yeah, lose Jordan Geronimo, you lose Tamar Bates. Like, you lose a lot of players that. Also, Jordan Ronimo, by the way, going to Maryland, that's probably going to help them a lot. So I kind of actually kind of forgot about that. Um, so it's huge. Xavier Johnson's back. If Xavier Johnson wasn't back, maybe they attack their offseason differently, but they literally wouldn't have a point guard. So, you know, Anthony Leal is kind of one to watch because he's I know they've they have high expectations for him, but I don't know. I, I just need to see it. I need to see Malik Renault take another jump. He was okay last year, but as a five-star, he just needs to be a little better. He, he came in with kind of the same hype as like Jalen Hushafino a little bit, and there was they were miles different. So um, I don't know. Indiana is just kind of like – I think Wisconsin is more of a safe option because I've seen that team play together basically, plus they're just adding A.J. Store. This Indiana team, I don't know what team they're going to run out, so I just need to see it a little bit. I could see them being a top-four team in the conference. I could see them missing the tournament. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I do have Wisconsin. I, I for now, put Wisconsin at eight. So I guess six to eight, like, what's what's the big difference? Not that much. But, like, Indiana, like you said, Indiana's got crazy, crazy athletes, basically. Um, how, how important is it that you have, like, the specific functioning pieces on the floor to run an efficient offense? Like, how important is it that you have, like, a steady point guard and a two- and a three four and then a big man versus can indiana just throw out like can they throw out like kalel Ware at the five mckenzie and baco at the four and like um um god there's one name that is escaping me the sophomore that had the double double against ohio state uh name. Well, like, yes like can they just say you know screw it like we're gonna put renew at the three or Mbako at the three the other of the two at the four kalel Ware at the five even though honestly any of them could probably play the five and just say, yeah, fuck it. We have the most athletic team in the Big Ten, and we're just going to let them go out there and just run all over you and um, out-muscle you because we have, <laughs> like, they're just crazy athletes. Mackenzie Mbako is a guy that probably will just play one year in college, and he'll be off to the league. How, how important is that versus actually having the traditional pieces 
of a functioning offense because they're like you said, like there's some question marks there as far yeah, as like, I agree. the backcourt. Yeah, I agree. I that's that's the question mark. What like that's can you make do you you basically do you do you buy the puzzle that the pieces fit together or do you buy a puzzle that your pieces don't have to fit together, but it still makes it. I don't really know where I'm going to go with this analogy, but you get what I'm saying. And I'm tired of Wisconsin because two years ago, I thought they were going to suck ass and I picked them to finish like 12th. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can never figure out Wisconsin. And they won the big 10 and all the damn Badger fans attacked me. So then last year I said, you know what? You're right. Wisconsin, you always find a way your team kind of looks shitty again this year. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> and then they didn't even make the tournament. I don't think they missed no. the tournament, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. Well, they the, missed the yes. tournament. The nail in the coffin was losing to Ohio State. <laughs> and then they bring back literally the same exact team. I mean, you're going to expect some guys to take a step up. You're going to expect some guys to get better. But like, how much better do you really expect this team to be that just missed the tournament when they're essentially bringing back the exact same team? Maybe they'll get better. I don't know. It's kind of, it's what, kind of the argument we just made about Ohio State. <laughs> that's why, dude, Ohio State added a, a 13 do, points yeah. per game score, though. No, I agree. But Jameson Battle is better than AJ Store, but I do. It's kind of the same thing of like, yeah, you're 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 expecting guys you bring it back to take those jumps, and if they don't, yeah, <laughs> team could be tough. Yeah. So like, I, you know, and I'm, I guess that. Uh, I put Ohio State five and Wisconsin eight. So again, I, I'm, it's not like it's not like either of us are saying, "Hey, Ohio State's bringing back these same players, but they're going to be so much better." All of a sudden, they're going to, um, you know, they're going to be like the runner-up, or they're going to win the Big Ten. Like I don't even currently think Ohio State's going to be in the top four of the Big Ten, and that's assuming that their sophomores get better. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Wisconsin. Honestly, every year I guess Wisconsin, and I am so far off, but. Um, I also have Northwestern in there. It's smart, though. If you can never figure out, just put him in the middle. I think Ryan Langborn, that guy from Princeton, that was just absolutely balling on Arizona in the tournament, I think he's going to be really good. And also, respectfully, he looks like a Northwestern player. He fits He fits what I would think a Northwestern player looks like. He kind of sounds like a nerd. That's a nerdy name. Really good white guy. Well, you're just saying that because he's coming from Princeton. Yeah, yeah, he he fits the bill. He he's going from one Ivy League school to another Ivy League school. Let's be honest. Um, you know, Boo Booey's back, great player. Brooks Barnheiser um, kind of balled out against Ohio State, and then the rest of the season he had you know he had a few more good games. That's a, that's another player that um, looks like a, a to me a reliable starter in the Big Ten. So I think Northwestern, I think Northwestern will make the tournament again next year. I don't know if they'll like be as good as they were last year, but I think they'll make the tournament again. Yeah, I agree on Northwestern. I have them kind of right in that range as well. Um, just in the like tournament team, but not a threat to really do anything else kind of team. Like Wisconsin, probably like Indiana. Maybe like Rutgers. I have no idea. Rutgers is weird. But um, yeah, I mean, if they didn't have Boo Booey back, they would stink. If Chase Aldiz would have came back, I'd probably have them in the top four. So they were really, really sweating out those draft decisions. And they got one out too. So I'll put them somewhere in the middle. It's kind of my logic. Yeah. And then Iowa for me, I have them at nine. This is kind of my last team that like, this is probably where I would draw the line of like, I think these teams will probably all make the tournament. Um, 
I have Iowa. They they lost their best player. They no longer have a Murray. There's not a third Murray on this Iowa team. Um, Peyton Sanford was a good player, but like for Iowa to like be really good this year, they might need Peyton Sanford to be like more than what he was last year. They might need him to be like a first or second all Big Ten kind of guy. And he looks like he could do that. Um, but, you know, there's no third Murray there. They've had a Murray every year. Yeah, this is going to sound stupid, maybe because he didn't really do much there. I think losing Aaron Euless is going to hurt them. I think there was a lot he can still give. And he's it's still in the conference because he went to Nebraska. But, um, yeah, I just don't. It's kind of kind of like you just said. There's no Murray there. There's no star. Um, Philip Robach is gone, right? He is gone. Yeah, he's like 26 years old, man. Yeah, he's he's finally out of eligibility. You know, I mean, you have Tony Perkins back. He's probably your best player. Um, Patrick McCaffrey is back, I believe. They got a couple like kind of decent transfers. Um, they also brought in Price Sanford, who I'm assuming is Peyton's brother, but he's a he's a top 100 guy. Um, so. But yeah, anytime you lose Chris Murray and Philip Robacha, you don't really replace them with other stars, and you weren't incredibly good last year. Uh, that could be. I mean, their starting fives like what Tony Perkins, Peyton Sanford, Patrick McCaffrey, and I don't, I don't know the big guys. So I mean, nothing really stands out there as like an incredible team. I don't know. I think Tony. I think just with those three guys, Sanford, Perkins, and the little McCaffrey, it's not enough to be a tournament team. Exactly. I still think they're good enough to make the tournament, but if they want to be like, there have been some years where like Iowa is like a scary team that could, you know, like the year they won the Big Ten tournament, like they're going to need probably Peyton Sanford to be like. They might be a team where I need to look at their schedule and just see who they play in the Big Ten. If they have a really tough Big Ten schedule, it could be tough because like, do I see that team beating Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois? No, I don't. If they get lucky, they'll play Minnesota twice, Nebraska twice, Penn State twice. Yeah, sure. So that's kind of where I draw the line, at least for, for me. I draw the line right there of the teams that I think I think all those teams that we've already mentioned will be in the big will be in the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, the 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 final five to me, right now I'm not sure if any of them are, are tournament teams. Um Rutgers uh, there's they lose uh Caleb McConnell. Cam Spencer just decided to transfer like a week ago, which is kind of sketch. Um, so he, you know, Cam, Cam Spencer is out. He was a big shooter for them. Rutgers has multiple scholarships open still. Um, Nebraska, probably not a tournament team, but they do retain pretty much everybody from their team last year, including uh, Kese Tominaga, who was really good in the second half. So like Nebraska, again, frisky. They might win a few Big Ten games, maybe like six or seven. Um, I don't think that they're a, a tournament team, though. Penn State, Michigan, Minnesota, I have them at the, at the very bottom. Yeah, on the Nebraska point, they lost Sam Grissell and Derek Walker. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's tough. Um, those were, I think, objectively your two best players last year. K-State Tominaga was a lot of fun, and he had a good like end of the season, but those are your two most consistent they also lost Emmanuel Bandamel, who I don't think played most of the year because of injury, but he was the SMU transfer that was really good. So that's kind of a tough one for them. And Penn State, credit to them because they were able to like salvage something out of that team. They brought in Adrian uh, – um, Ace Baldwin. Ace Baldwin, yeah, his real name is Adrian, but he goes by Ace. Brought in Puff Johnson. They brought 
Quadus who I have from Georgetown, who might have the funniest transfer. He just went from like Georgetown to Maryland to Georgetown to Penn State. Um, they brought in, you know, so they brought in Zach Hicks from Temple, Nick Kern Jr. from VCU. So they at least like were able to because they lost Jalen Pickett, Seth Lundy, Andrew Funk, Miles Dredd, Cam Winter, Michael Hen. Like they lost their entire team basically. Plus Evan Mahaffey, obviously, as we know. Plus uh, Caleb Dorsey and Dalian Johnson all transferred out. So I, they could have been in a lot of trouble because the roster was basically depleted when she was very left. But Mike Rhodes, good coach from VCU, obviously. He knows what he's doing. He was able to bring in some guys and at least piece together some type of roster and then kind of figure it out from there. Um, so I give Penn State some credit. I don't think they'll be that good, but I think they'll be salvageable. Like if they won a couple games in conference, I'd, they don't, I don't expect them to win. I could see that happening. But uh, other than that, yeah, and then, I mean, Michigan's in a tough spot too. Yeah. Michigan Michigan could potentially finish like under Nebraska, under Penn State maybe, probably still ahead of Minnesota. But as of right now, what they've lost is Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, Joey Baker, Isaiah Barnes, who at one point I think he was like the the top transfer they brought or the top recruit they brought in, Hunter Dickinson obviously, and they're bringing in George Washington III, who we know obviously from Ohio State, good player, but I wouldn't say I don't know if he's a day one starter. Namari Burnett from Alabama, who has kind of underperformed in his career so far. He was supposed to be the next dude, and he just he's been just kind of another dude at Alabama. And Trey Jackson from Seton who I am pretty high on. But when you say what they lost and you say what they brought in to a team that went 18 and 16 last year, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And How good is Will Shedder? We're going to find out. <laughs> Jesus. And that's what yeah, Michigan I mean, fans don't want. Yeah, I mean, they're probably rolling out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, their starting they're lineup, probably- if I had to guess it right now, is Doug McDaniel, Jalen Llewellyn. Terrence Williams, uh, Will Shutter, Terrace Reed. Yeah, no, man. Trey Jackson will start there. Trey Jackson will start. So Trey yeah, Jackson at the four maybe for Terrence Williams. I have no idea, but and again, they might get the Tennessee transfer, and he would he would be a starter. Um, so it could get a little better. It looked a lot better with Caleb Love, even though Caleb Love is is kind of a a question mark. It still looked it definitely looked better with Caleb Love on that list. So that hurts. Yeah, I'm trying to see for anybody else that I just totally ignored. I still, I still can't believe Hunter Dickinson transferred. Holy man! To Kansas, yeah. What a world! I'd say out of those like out of those bottom five, I think I mean, Rutgers still Rutgers still has like Rutgers could be a good team still. They they do bring back Cliff Amore. Um, I think they bring back Andre Hyatt. I think Paul Mulcahy is also back. Um, I think they uh, what was the guard's name? Derek Simpson, I believe is his name. Is that right? Let me double check that. Yes, for Rutgers? Sorry. Yeah, for Rutgers. Derek Simpson is a freshman, right? Yeah. Michigan was still in my head. Yeah, Derek Simpson, he'll be another one that's like, can he take that jump? Yeah. So, like, Rutgers has the, they have a chance to, like, they could, they could also be a tournament team and be a solid team, but Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, I really don't, don't see it. Don't, don't see it for those teams down there, but that's all I've got for those teams. Um, do you have anything else that is absolutely burning you have to say about any of those teams? No, I just, I think, I I think the top two is very set. Um, I think if you told me 
if, if we move into, you know, whenever, you know, March, next February or March and Michigan State and Purdue are two one seeds, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And then after that, it's just a lot of teams that they got some boom or bust potential. And Ohio State's on the list. And kind of makes for an interesting season, but also I think you could argue that there's been probably two years in the Chris Holtman tenure, I would say the three middle years, we kind of knew what they were. Um, we knew they could be like the 2019 year. We knew they probably weren't great because they lost so much, but they could still make the tournament. COVID year, oh, they're still pretty good. And then 2021, after COVID year, we knew they were going to be pretty good. The two years where there's been question marks, the first year Holtman came in, there was some boomer bust potential. They boomed. And last year, there was some boomer bust potential and they busted. So we'll see. Uh, last thing we can hit real quick um, before we get out of here. Ohio State will face the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, November 24th, which is actually my birthday, um, in the Emerald Coast Classic at Northwest Florida State College, which people forget Northwest Florida State College is actually where Alonzo Gaffney transferred from Ohio State to there, and then from there he went to Arizona State right I after. Can, I, I can very much confirm that, yes, that is something people forget. Many people forget. Um, but Ohio State will play Alabama there in the first uh, round of that tournament, and then the winners will face the winner of the Oregon-Santa Clara game, and the losers will play each other. And the second game will be on November 25th, which is the day of the Ohio State-Michigan basketball game. I'm sorry, football game. Ohio State-Michigan football game. So that could be – yeah, a little basketball doubleheader. Um, If – depending on how the football game goes, that could potentially be the least viewed um, Ohio State men's basketball game like in the history of the program. Easily, yes. Especially if it's Ohio State versus Santa Clara. Like I think the loser's bracket game would be at like seven – so I don't know how many Ohio State fans are going to be tuning in to watch Ohio State play Santa Clara like three hours after the football team. Potentially, if they lose to Michigan, that could be a um, a game that a lot of fans opt out of. But um, that'll be a fun game with Alabama. They got Mark Sears back, which is big. I believe they got um, Quinterly back as well, which is big. They added Aaron Estrada from Hofstra. Good player. Um, so, you know, they lost a lot off that roster, but they got a they got a few key guys back. Yeah, I mean the big thing for them will be if Grant Nelson comes, they'll be probably a top seven team in the country. If he doesn't, then there's some question marks. So all right. You got anything else? I think that'll I think that'll just about wrap up our fifty minute college basketball podcast in June. <laughs> If you found us on the website, make sure to also um, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, um, wherever you get your music and podcast. Um, that way you are notified when we put out new episodes as well as all the other um, podcasts associated with Land Grant Podcast Network, Network of Podcasts, whatnot. Yeah, sure. Whatever you said. And um, follow Bucketheads at, L- at Bucketheads LGPN on uh, the Twitterverse and uh try to get us more followers that's all i can say and like and subscribe and all that stuff because if you do that then we get better guests so please please and thank you all right thanks for hanging out with us if you made it this far we appreciate it have a great weekend go bucks